I'm in the kitchen, you in the kitchen. You ain't cooking up. We cooking up, chopping up. D King, lay down. Trap side, rap side, Don and the King. Gone do it. Gone do it. And welcome back to Chopping It Up with the Conduit, Season 4, Episode 10. And this is our season finale. And tonight's special guest is pioneer and legend, pro skateboarder Steve Stedham. All thanks to my tribe, my executive producer, Mika Sunga, you're the best. Graphics and promo, Mad Urgency Myron. And on video, Mecha Godzilla. Salutes to D-King and Bink the Monster for our intro. Um, a huge thank you to our family and sponsors, Grown Fresh NYC, Street Fatigues, So What's the Scenario, and you can find them on our website at choppingituppodcast.com. Um, we are on, on all streaming platforms, audio and visual, SoundCloud, Audio Mac, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and podcasts on Vivo for your visual pleasure. Peace to everybody who joined the chat. Um, tonight's interview is a very special one to me. Um, I've been an avid skateboarder for 30 plus years, and my first uh, introduction into skateboarding was, you know, through a couple of friends of mine in my childhood. But um, to actually see somebody you know, of the same hue, you know, in that time period, which was uh, late 80s, early 90s. Um, th this guest of ours, uh, Mr. Steve Stedham, was one of the first people that I actually got to see who was in his sport. And, um, you know, circling around 30 years later, uh, this pioneer and legend will be a guest tonight on Chopping It Up with the Conduit. Um, you know, you see the sport, how it is, basically how it's changed over the past 30 years. At least I've seen it because when it first started, or well, at least when I first started out, it was a, you know, totally white dominated sport. And, you know, in my opinion, if it wasn't for pioneers such as Steve Stedham, you know, we wouldn't have the Sean Sheffies of the world. We wouldn't have the Stevie Williams the Clyde Singletons, the Chuck Treases, the Nigel Houstons, the Harold Hunters. I mean, I can go on and on and on. Like, you know, this man's a pioneer and he definitely, uh, I, in my opinion, you know, deserves his flowers. And um, I'm excited that he's gonna be joining us tonight as our final guest for Chopping it up with the conduit. Yes, I have Steve Stedham. Mr. Stedham. What's up, man? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us tonight. You're so welcome. Oh, wow. Um, well, I want if, if it's proper, I'd like to give the proper introduction. And the reason why I wanted to do this uh, podcast tonight. Can you hear you ready? me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. You good. Okay. All right, good. All right. From Vegas to LA, this pioneer's journey in skateboarding has persevered with natural creativity and talent. He's continued to make his mark in the world through revolutionary music, television, and skateboarding. 
he was signed to one of the greatest companies in the history of the sport with wow. Paul Peralta and becoming a member of the revered Bones Brigade with the likes of Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, Rodney Mullen, et cetera, et cetera. But then breaking off into his own with Stedham Skates, SGIs. I'd like to, for everybody to please welcome pioneer and legend, musician, artist, all of the above, Mr. Steve Stedham. No, man, I had to do this because um, you were very influential um, coming up in my childhood, and that's what I wanted to uh, explain to the people out here to give them a little personal aspect of why I wanted to do this interview. Um, I've been skating for roughly over 30-plus years as well, and, you know, my introduction into seeing another skater of, you know, my hue, of my color, was seeing you in the Bones Brigade video show where you were skating with Tony Hawk. Um, I assume was that Delmarva? Delmar, yep. Yeah, Delmar. So, you know, just being able to see you at that time in, I would say the late, you know, mid to late 80s going into the 90s, you know, we weren't prevalent in the sport. Uh, I didn't get to see it that much. But seeing you, in my opinion, sparked, you know, the Sean Sheppies and the Stevie Williams and, you know, the Nigel Houstons and the Clyde Singletons, so on and so forth of the world. Because I'm sure if they didn't, you know, even Ray Barbie as well, if they didn't see you, you know, I'm not sure where we would be in the sport today. So, you know, that's in my honest opinion. It was a very different time back then, but yeah. Yeah, so um, coming up in the late 70s and early 80s, you know, what was it that attracted you to skateboarding? Um, I don't know. I was a wrestler in high school, and then uh, my friend was riding a skateboard around my neighborhood doing 360s, and then I went and saw some pool skating at the Dust Bowl in Vegas. And once I seen the pool skating, that pretty much just mesmerized me, and then that was it. I knew I wanted to skate pools. That was all that happened. I just saw some guys skating in this big old pool here in Vegas. So what was like the local scene growing up? Well, I sort of was, uh, there was a lot of bank slalom and stuff like that. It wasn't really, all the competitive stuff was out in California, but uh, out here it was a smaller scene. Uh, but we skated pools. We had a, quite a few backyard pools, shotgun, desert surf. But it was very small. We, I had to travel to California to get to really go and skate with the good guys and see the pro contests and stuff. Well, if it's okay, I want to tell. Uh, actually, you know, you said the uh, the one spot shotgun. You want to tell the uh, the story behind the reason why they called this certain skate spot uh, shotgun? There was a guy named Rocky who owned the he, uh, he owned the trailer park, and we were we jumped the fence and we're like cleaning out his pool, and he came out with a shotgun. We thought he was going to shoot us. And then he was like so so nice. And then he was like, oh, you want to skateboard? And then after we talked to him, he let us come there and skate anytime we wanted for like a while. That's but, awesome. Uh, that was pretty cool. <laughs> so um, how did your family, you know, take your involvement in skating? They were really supportive of me through all my being a teenager. Uh, 
my father, he always gave me the money to take the bus off to California and skateboard and stuff, but they were always supportive. They never said anything about why or, you know, why are you doing that? They were just like, whatever I was, whatever I was into, they were just like supportive. So that was a blessing, you know, and stuff. And I got more into skating and, and he's like, go out to California, see what you can do. And I was like, kept going out to California to skate. Wow. So, so it was really your uh, family structure that, that gave you the support to, to pursue the sport? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Were you ever deterred by, you know, any of your friends who thought of the sport in a negative way? No, out here it was a really cool scene. All my friends that did skate, it was a tight, cold, you know, little scene. Everyone supported each other. It was a different, it was, I mean, there was a lot of stuff going on. I didn't pick up on it really. A lot of people were just surprised, like, what are you guys doing? But it was more about skating in a pool. I don't think it was as much about a color thing. Mm. Uh, but uh, skating was so underground then, you know. So it's come a long way. So, I mean, it sounds like it was a little bit more progressive out west because I know back east, you know, where when I started skating, um, like I said, it, it, you know, it wasn't a lot of representation. Um, the closest representation, you know, besides me seeing you on, you know, that Bones Brigade video show was uh, another mentor and friend of mine, uh, Mr. Sean Sheffy. So... You know, that was only the instances that I, I got to see it. And, you know, if if we were seen on our boards, they were always asking us, well, why were, why would, you know, why are you skating or why are you basically participating in a quote unquote white sport? So like that's kind of the kind of hardships that I had to go through in order to kind of prove myself. So I was kind of wondering if that was something that you ever had to go through, but you saying that your friends and your family were very supportive. So um, I guess it was definitely different cultures um, on different coasts. I think it was more, it was more drastic in California, I think. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the scene out here was only like a, a handful of us. So we didn't really care, you know, I mean, no one was just like, oh, you're black or anything like that. But Going to California was more where I seen more diverse. It wasn't as diverse. And a lot of people looked at me like, well, what are you doing here? And like, you know, shouldn't you be playing basketball or something? I was just like, wow. Um, but I, I, I think people have grown a lot, even though there's a lot of uh, racism and stereotyping. I think even still to this day, I mean. Yes. But, but it was cool though, I think. It was cool being, uh, I never looked at myself as being black, a black skater. Right. Uh, most of my black friends, they looked at me like I was crazy, you know, and I talked with proper English, so they're like, oh, man, you sound like a white boy. Oh, and you skateboard? Oh, hell no. You know, I, right, just, right, right, right. Oh, you lost your mind. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to no stove. <laughs> you know, so they look at me like, what? So my parents never told me about intellect or how to talk. I just, when I read books, I just, enunciate everything and I wanted to just speak with proper English. Right. But my culture took it as like you're selling out to the white man, you know. So I had more slack from my own race, I should say, than yes. other races, you know. Um, all the guys in the Bones Brigade, they accepted me. I smoke weed, so they were a little like, wow, you're high as a kite, skate as good as us. Like that they looked at me like this, this craziness. But they never 
I never felt anything with color with any of them. Lance and Chuck, um, it was just so awesome. The whole team was just the best experience. They're all so humble and down to earth and still like that. Wow, man. Like, it, it, it's so refreshing to hear, you know, you tell that story because like I, you know, like I said, I, I went through that with, you know, my friends as well because they looked at me like I was crazy. But I think they got to understand after a while, like, okay, he he's he's good at this. This is <laughs> and this is something that he loved. Okay, maybe we'll stop, you know, ridiculing him after a while. So that was just awesome to hear. It, it, that's that that literally warms my heart. So, um, if you don't mind me asking, like, who were some of your favorite skaters that influenced you the most, and why? Um. My favorite skaters really was uh, Brad Bowman. He totally like inspired me. Um, but then it was like Steve Alba and then uh, the whole Bones Brigade. Steve Caballero was like the epitome of the next level. Like he wasn't even real. Wow. Like, yeah, he wasn't even a human and stuff. Uh, but the whole Bones Brigade, I was a Bones Brigade guy in the, in the yeah. Dave Andrecht. I skated with him uh, out in uh, Whittier. Just me and him when I was just an amateur. He was so nice that it just sort of tripped me out because he just skated with me like he didn't even know me, but he was just like, hey, what's up? And he was out there busting board slides and stuff, and I was just ready to stop, take my pads off to watch. Right. And, you know, he's just like, no, come and skate, you know, and stuff. So um, I would say Brad Bowman, Caballero, Mike McGill, Lance Mallard, one of the best skaters ever. Yes, Lance Mallard. I was with your with Lance, so. I skated with him a lot. That's really where I advanced him a lot, being around the Whittier guys, Neil Blender. All, le all legends, man. Oh, Neil Blender's, he's a, yeah, he was, he was cool, man. Oh my goodness, man. Oh. I, I, <laughs> like I'm literally reliving my childhood right now. Um, okay, but, let me, let me ask but you. But me, I will say though, that you were saying, who was, like uh, Marty Grimes was a skater that when I went out to, skate California at Oxnard a long time ago like uh -huh. uh, I met the Z team with Jay Adams and Shogo Kubo and Marty Grimes and Polar yeah. Bear and I think that's what changed my trajectory in skating because when I skated them with them while well, I was watching them I wasn't skating with them but they were so nice and they just like made me feel like I was like one of them and I didn't even I never even met them Jay Adams was so cool Oh man, hold I think on. That's really what inspired me to This really is the Dogtown crew you're speaking of, correct? Yeah. All right, all right, let, let me let, let me stop for a second. For the people who who do not understand, like I, I need you to do your history if you can, you know, you know, Google Dog, you know, Dogtown, uh the Z Boys, um the Venice skate scene. Um these guys were so instrumental to the sport oh and you were like literally like rolling with these guys no i was at the oxenard skate park skating up visiting out there from vegas and they were there skating and i was just like looking at them like wow like some movie stars all, yeah they just to me like i was just like i know him for 10 years it tripped me it tripped me out i ain't gonna lie they were so nice that it just made me feel like I was I could be part of something because they just were so welcoming and Marty Grimes was so underrated. That guy was he was just so good and yeah, he you know 
Yeah, I didn't really think about it. They, they, I had got inspired by them before anything really. Mm-hmm. And then it was after I went to the contest that Caballero, that next generation, was more, uh, you know, inspired me. But the Z team, I think, now I think about it, was really the, the beginning of wanting to be involved in skateboarding, like for reals. You know, wow. like, I feel like I could be part of something because they just made me feel like I was part of the family. I didn't even part know. Them. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome, man. So, so, wow. so, um, do you, do you ever still, do you still, you know, talk to these guys? Do you ever get to run into them anytime? Yeah, all the Bones Brigade guys, Lance Mountain, Christian, I see, see him often. Not often, but, you know, I've gone and skated in California a lot. Uh, uh, Mike McGill, Caballero, I see him every once in a while. A lot of, I've been skating with a lot of the new kids uh, throughout the last seven years at the Comic Pool and uh, Vans in Orange. Yeah. Tom and Kiko and uh, uh, like all the new generation guys. I'd be out there skating with these kids. I've seen them skating when they were like little, like five years in a row. I've been skating with them, and then every time I go out there and skate, they're, they get so good, and now they're like the top generation. You know, Tom Char is the epitome of a professional skateboarder. You know wow. what I mean? Nice guy, humble. Yeah. Skating with him, and he'll like, he won't even snake you or nothing. He'll look at you like, "Where are you gonna go?" And you're almost like, "Dude, you're Tom Shar, really?" Yeah. I mean, <laughs> but I've been skating with him since they were little, and now they're like taller than me now. Like all of them, it's crazy. But they're wow. super nice. Um, well, let's 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 double back real quick, cause I want to talk about your journey. Um, like, how did you end up being signed by one of the greatest skate companies in the world? at that time in Powell Peralta? I don't know. I think that God had some some good plans for me because I never, when I went up to see skateboard contests, I was like, there's no way I'm ever going to get that good. Like, you go see a contest in person, it's different than seeing a magazine or a video. You know, when you're standing next to the pool and you're seeing the level. But um, I was an, an amateur skater that skated everything. Freestyle, bang slalom, tight slalom, pool, ramp. Or well, whatever the contest, I just skated, and uh, I was at Upland, Upland Comedy Pool, and then uh, Stacy and some of the Bones Brigade guys were there, and someone's like, "Oh, they're looking at you to get you on the team." And I thought he was full of crap, you know. I like, you know, I go, "Stop messing with me, you're so dumb," <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, "Yeah, right." And then right. Stacy came over to me and he's like, "Yeah, so we've been, you know, checking you out, and you know, we want you to be on the team." And I was still waiting for them to start laughing at me, like, you know, like you dumb, like you know, like it wasn't even real. And it turned out to be real. And they were just like very sincere. And I, that's how I got picked up on the team. And then it was real when I got my first box from Pal. And there was a box of like, I talked to the team manager. He's like, well, what do you want? And I'm like, wow. I don't know what can I get. And I'm like, I don't know what you want. And I was like, I didn't understand what he meant. Like, what do you want? I'm like, so if I wanted 10 boards and 20 t-shirts and you know, whatever, like I right. never experienced that, but he's like, whatever you want. So when the UPS truck came and bought these big boxes, oh my lord, that was, that's when I was really on the team because at first I still didn't feel it was real. But, um, but that's how I got picked up by the Powell team. Uh, it was so fast, you know, like I didn't, I only, I never even talked to Stacy. I bought a board from him in the parking lot in Upland like a year. Really? Yeah, I came and just moved out. I graduated from high school and then I moved out to, California the next weekend when we moved in with Freddie DeSoto who was another pro skater a black skater very inspirational a nice yeah. guy you know Freddie is a super nice person always been a super nice person um, 
clean and just always positive. Uh, I moved out there with him just to skateboard because I never was going to be good. You know, I was like, there's no way I'm going to skate as good as those guys. And then a few years later, I just skated with, I moved in uh, Whittier. And we became a manager there and skated with Lats and Neil. Yes, yes. Guy, he was most, probably one of the most underrated skaters ever. Yes, big time. I mean, he's like, learn any trick. Every trick is just crazy. And I skated with Gator, too. But as oh, now, hold on, Mark, Mark Gator Rogowski? Yeah, I was a oh, wow. really good friend with him. Like, you know, I knew him, like, we go to a contest when we were amateur, and we didn't get money from our sponsors. We were staying in our car on someone's couch. And I knew him, I thought I knew him pretty close. He was like super nice. I mean, when I heard the stuff that he did, I was just like, there's no way that he did that. Yeah, that was unfortunate. Um, but you know, he turned himself in, you know, I mean, I have three daughters. I'm more like, I'm, you know, hypocrites. I would have choked him to death, you know. Yeah, I feel you. Girl, but, uh, and not to get into that because that's a- Yeah, no doubt. Dark thing, but he was so not like that, but. But I was inspired by all those guys. Whittier was a big turning point because I was an, an amateur and I was then make, I became a manager. And then that's when I, they are all like, I wouldn't skate with all the good guys. I would sort of take my path and watch. And they're like, hey, what are you doing? And like Lance and Neil, they're like, will you like really come and skate? And then I just started skating with them and then I became their friends. And they became my friends, really. They like, like the Z team, they almost like brought me in. Like, dude, come out, come, come on and skate, you dumb. And then a year, two years later, I was, doing five, six foot errors in the bowl because I picked up on the frequency from them. Like they're yeah. like, and if you, you know, I wasn't going to leave once I became their friends. I'm like, oh, that's really nice, you know? And then I became part of the, the whole Whittier thing. And then that's really where my mind just it shifted to the frequency of California where if you're around the best skaters and you just want to have fun, you're going to get good. Because I never thought, honestly, I was never going to be a pro. Like it wasn't possible. Well, you, you said you said God had a plan. He had planned a way beyond my imagination because, boy, I couldn't believe it. So, I mean, let, let, let's let's talk about the legendary Bones Brigade, you know, because, like I said, I, 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 you know, my first inkling of y'all was, you know, the Bones Brigade video show to to Future Primitive, you know what I mean? Then to, you know, the hype up for the search for Animal Chin. Like, just, you know, all of that stuff. I know that was after, you know, after you, but just being there in the beginning. So, you <laughs> you know, you're on a team with Tony Hawk, Steve Caballero, you know, Mike McGill, Lance Mountain, you know, Rodney Mullen. Like, did you ever think that in the beginning of your career, you know, you would be part of such a legendary team? Was it possible? <laughs> like I said... <laughs> For real, it wasn't possible. I I went out to skate uh, like up in contest and saw Caballero doing Caballeros in the comedy pool. That was so above anything that I was just like, I can't even comprehend even. I mean, you know what I mean? It's like, it wasn't even possible. I Honestly, I when I saw them skating, I was like, man, I guess I'm never going to be a pro. I'm going to just, I moved out there just to be part of the scene while I was young. Mm. I was going to go and be a lawyer, like, believe it or not. Like, oh, I, really? I decided to skate. Because I go, you can't get your youth back. I can always go to school, but I can never get, you know, and that's why I just graduated and moved out to California thinking there was no, it'd be like a couple years of that, get a job, and then that was it. And next three years later, I was on the bone for day. Wow. So, so God is good, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm not perfect, but a lot of people, uh, he gives me a lot of things. Now I understand 
my position in in the sport, I guess, you know. Uh, it was sort of someone else for so long, you know, until I realized, like, I got a pro model. What the hell, you know? <laughs> you know, but yeah, yeah. That's um, that, that's literally all. Um, like I'm, I'm going. My, my mind is literally going crazy right now because of you know all these names that you just mentioned. You know who are, you know, Hall of Fame guys. You know, legends who created you know tricks that. And you know you've been around these guys, and you know you were part of the inner. saying I was the number one selling board. So uh, it didn't really matter. I wasn't any better than anyone else. But then uh, the whole team came back from Puerto Rico or something. That's what I remember. And they were just like, 